Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Only Bruins. I don't even know what number this is, but here we are back at it again. And I say we, yes, sir. You'll hear it in a second. But this episode is brought to you by the one and only Black and Gold Productions, LLC. What up? What up? And uh, Mark, hope I know I said it last epi, but I hope uh, the ribs are feeling better and you had a had a good birthday saw that you were at the nines friday and uh maybe a little late birthday celebration as those uh ribs hail so hopefully it was a better week for you and um yeah so here we are yes i like i said i said we because i got my boy brett howard back on this is what was that yeah two episodes ago he was on with me uh former host of the beehive pod if you guys don't follow him shame on you but here we are we're going to talk about a lot because it seems like bruins world is burning down to the ground after that arizona coyotes loss but my boy brett happy birthday the big 3-0 how's the birthday weekend going how we doing buddy What's going on, big fella? Thank you for letting me hop back on here. I'm loving. I love. I loved our last episode. I've been listening to you ever since. I was a little sick before the birthday, but yeah, hit the three zero. Pretty happy about that. Don't feel any different. Uh, I think birthdays get a little more depressing the older you get. There's a couple milestones you look forward <laughs> to, but uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Spent a lot of time with the family. Just uh, you know, relaxed a bit. Went out, had a couple wobbly pups, and. Uh, you know, it was all it was all good in Brett's land with, with my recovering and the birthday shenanigans. Attaboy, love to hear it. You know what? Funny enough, I had COVID literally leading up when I turned 30. I'm 31 now. Um, leading up to my 30th birthday, I had the last so my birthday's March 5th. My last day of quarantine um was March 4th. So March 5th, or no, March 4th that afternoon i was like able to like be set free and that's like i was telling you before that was the um 14 day quarantine day so i was i was you know that that sucked but on march 4th i went out and got a haircut and then <laughs> it was pretty fucking depressing cuz i was still like a little bit tired from covid and i didn't really want to do anything for my birthday but my boys were like oh it's your 30th we got to do something yada 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 so we went to fucking margaritas uh local our local margaritas local watering hole i don't know if you guys have a margaritas up in canada but it's a popular place i mean it's obviously a mexican joint and we sucked down some margaritas and that's how i spent my 30th birthday because i just was fresh off quarantine and it sounds like you did so it sounds like you got the jinx of the dirty 30 pre-covid right did i say that right so but glad glad to hear you're doing better buddy oh yeah luckily uh oh we got dogs barking (laughs) luckily oh 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 hold on a second bro i'll cut back in one sec yeah no worries 
right. Uh, I'll hop back in in there but uh yeah so it's kind of funny too i i pretty much had the exact same thing happen to me i was luckily i didn't have we don't have to do the quarantine anymore so it's just like a 24 uh 20 24 hours after your symptoms are gone you're good to go back out there so not gonna lie i was playing a little guilty out there on the 30th birthday but i still felt good <laughs> just just had to uh sh- shake off the jitters and once you get the first couple beers into you're fine yeah, exactly. That's and especially when you're hanging around family and good friends, that's all that matters. And, you know, then then it's like it never even happened. But glad to hear you're feeling better. And fuck 30s. Uh, 30s looking good for you already because you got a lot to look forward to because uh, I think you're still coming down for the Winter Classic, right? As of right now, I am. No, yes, no sir. plans have changed so far, so I'll be down there. Love to hear that. That'll be an exciting way to open up the new year for you. First month of uh, being 30. That's exciting. And then probably shortly after that, that's when you'll see the body start to deteriorate. Deteriorate. (laughs) Did I even fucking deteriorate? Am I saying that right? Deteriorate. Okay. It sounds fucking weird. Your Boston accent's throwing it out there. (laughs) throwing out the a's a little long yeah 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 that that's another thing you notice as you're getting older the body doesn't look as good naked in front of the mirror you got that i'm going with the milk bag body right now now i need to tighten it up in the winter <laughs> hey that's why we got alcohol to make the uh to, why maybe i shouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> well that's what the that's what the ladies use they they, they look Looking at this, they need a couple beers before it goes down, but it's all good. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone's happy. Everyone, everyone gets their nut, right? Even the yeah, squirrels. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. But <laughs> this took a wild turn, but enough of that. <laughs> so wild week in the Bruins Nation, Bruins World. Um, according to Bruins Twitter and some Bruins fans, it sounds like Swayman is his NHL career is officially over. Um, it sounds like he's just the biggest bust ever and shame on him for having a bad game or two, but let's, let's just dive right into this. Cause, um, since I last recorded on Monday before the Vegas game that I went to, and I probably jinxed in that last episode, but so be it, uh, they bounced back against Colorado, the defending Stanley cup champs and gave them a nice ass whooping. But here we are. Um, a little bit different of a, I would say the momentum's shifting a little bit since we last spoke because we were basically fucking jerking the team off. And then I think we kind of jinx. I, I know we were joking on Twitter about it, jinxing the power play and PK and all that, but a little bit of a fall off. They, I guess if you want to look at a bigger picture, they've lost, yeah, they've lost the last two or three, which isn't ideal, but this team, you can't win every fucking game, but the biggest, storyline i guess you can say right now for the bruins is jeremy swayman um this is like i would say the definition of a sophomore slump and it's i don't know it's frustrating uh i put out a tweet monday night basically saying it's a 2-1 game if all marks in net uh I'm not going to fault Swayman for like the first goal or two. The first goal, definitely not. I don't really remember the second goal, but I remember the third goal. Fucking brutal goal to give up. And I know we're not going to break down each goal in each game, whatnot, but I feel like that's a game that you should have with 
with all the storylines you had for that game against Vegas, and obviously we'll get into Friday night's game and stuff too, but all those storylines you had going into the game against Vegas, I thought it was kind of a wild move to start Swayman where you knew tensions were going to be high. It was going to be a playoff feel like game. And it certainly was. And granted the Bruins didn't show up to start the game anyways, but uh, Swayman, man, it's early goals. As you saw Friday night too, early goals and, there's been a lot of speculation saying the team plays better in front of Allmark and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know, man. It, it's tough to say the team plays better in front of Allmark when the defense the defense on Friday night only allows 16 shots on Swayman. But what are your thoughts? Are you concerned? Are you looking a little too far into this? What, what are you thinking about the Jeremy Swayman situation right now, bud? So... This is how it's funny you say that people are saying oh, the team doesn't play as good in front of Swayman as Olmark because last year I kept commenting on the fact that I thought it was the opposite. The team was was late leaving Olmark to hang out to dry a little more than they were Swayman, and they were uh, it just felt like they're pushing to help their rookie goalie out a little more. It's a sophomore slump. Uh, that's I think the most you chalk it up to. This guy's he has all the tools, and we've seen what he can do. This is part of development of a goalie. Um, we've been through this with Rask before and other goalies in the past. It, it, it takes a couple of years before they can fully take the reins from a team. And that's exactly why you signed Allmark to come in and do these things. Uh, we got, like you said, two two losses in the last three games when you break it down to the micro, macro stats and, and really look into it. But you got to look at that Vegas game like it, it's not a... It, I, in my opinion, if that game keep the continuous overtime keeps going, we're going to finally put one past uh, Logan Thompson, who played unbelievable, by the way. What a stud they got in him. Uh, he's got a great contract going forward, too. If that was, yeah, if like that was 2.3 a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's wicked cheap, dick cheap right now. And if that was a playoff yeah. game, we win. Without a doubt, we win. Oh, 100%. So, you're like, you're looking at those, yeah, the Arizona game, not great. Um in the middle there, you had Allmark just pretty much just getting a workout in against Colorado, a depleted Colorado team. Literally just had to stand there and stop a couple Literally pucks. Literally just breaking a sweat and you know yeah. staying loose. <laughs> and you and you love that, right? Because it just shows even if the competition's a little down, Allmark's there and he's ready. So do we have a one A one B situation right now? Sorry, Bruins fans, we don't. We got a starter and a backup. Allmark's yep. your starter right now. Um, Swayman's your backup, and there's nothing wrong with that like i know you'll agree with me on this boosie there's a couple people on twitter i've seen that had to uh i think it's mike sullivan um from the bng network i think i have that right he did an emergency press conference pretty much yeah, just being like that. yeah he's just being like guys like let's take it easy like this kid he's still a kid you gotta remember that he's learning um yeah we've seen a couple dips this year but then you gotta remember that great game he played against tampa where we came out in a 3-1 win this yeah. guy's put put together some good wins he's just it's part of the sophomore slump it's part of learning the nhl game it's part of playing this many games in a 365 day span this is just things that come with it there's zone game i did not like how it ended i think there we'll be get into it a little more later but there was definitely faults for Burke Swayman and referee. You could put blame on a little bit of everyone at that last icing there, but in all in all, you got to stop the puck, right? That's what wins you hockey games, but um, I'm not worried. You do have a starter and a backup right now, and there's nothing wrong with that. Allmark is playing out of his goddamn mind. And like you said, I thought he was going to get the Vegas game. 
um at home but it kind of looks like i was shocked they worked this out so that but it, it kind of looks like they worked it out so Allmark would get the game on the road against Vegas, which to me does make sense. I would have liked to see Allmark at home just because of his numbers at home. But you're gonna, you'd rather play your guy who's a little less confident right now at home, yeah, and hopefully get the crowd behind him, right? No, I, I can totally see that aspect, but but I when thought... you were looking at it that night, it was a strange call. Yeah, when you look ahead to the schedule, okay, I understand it a little more. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, look like big picture. Yeah, it makes a little bit more sense. But if you're taking it game by game, right, and obviously you don't necessarily do that with goaltenders, you kind of try to plan it out because you do want, I mean, obviously all marks the clear leader right there. Um, head honcho basically for as far as the goaltenders. But I don't know, like all this all the distractions, all the storylines basically leading up to that game, Cassidy's return. Um, I mean, I guess that's really it, but Cassidy's return what with how the Vegas Knights are playing right now. And, you know, they, they, they have dipped a little bit as of late, but I don't know. Like I thought it was a little bit of a head scratcher and I will say so far this season, my only head scratching moments with, um with Monty so far this season has been strictly just the goaltending situation. And I guess you can say between Smith and um and Greer, AJ Greer, you know, when to play them and whatnot. But I don't really worry about that because I understand you got to get Smith some playing time. I understand the way Greer plays, yeah, rest will benefit him because he plays a hard game. Um and you know, you got to get Smith his reps, especially if you're going to look to trade him, basically, because at this point he's just trade bait and it's not very good trade bait. But yeah, with Monty, those are those have been my only head scratching moments so far with him. It's it's when um what game was it when the Ottawa game, right? Yeah, yeah the the Ottawa game all started. Yeah. And then Swayman came in, right? And, and, yeah, Swayman came in. And then Omar came back in, right? I think that was the Pittsburgh game. Oh, is that the Pittsburgh game? Yeah, because we came back. Oh, yeah. The Ottawa game, Swayman just started, I think. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's right. Swayman started, and he waited a goal too long to pull him. Yeah, the third period. I always find that so weird, changing your goalie for just the third period. It kind of worked a little bit for giving us a spark, but I've always found that a really weird move. But it was a little too late at that point. And then the Pittsburgh game, that's the game I was thinking of. Yeah. And obviously, Swayman came in, got hurt, um, and then Almar comes back in and holds it down and gets the win. So going back to that Ottawa game, really, that was a little bit of a head-scratcher. Uh, the, the, um, I thought when he pulled, when he pulled Allmark originally at that, that Jesus Christ, that friggin' Pittsburgh game, I thought that was the perfect timing. And I thought he did a good job with that. And you could see how the team responded. And then obviously he got injured. Allmark came back in and the rest is history at this point, basically. But so there haven't been too many head scratching moments with Monty so far, but there have been two so far that I can count off the top of my head real quick with Monty and the goaltending situation and only the goaltending situation right now. 
it almost seems a little bit of miscommunication with that right now. It kind of seems like him and Bob goalie Bob are trying to like feel each other out, but that's yeah. such like, we're like, guys, we're like me and you are doing this. Other pods are doing this. We're like scraping the barrel for things to talk about negatively at this point. You know what I mean? Like you're, we're really reaching on some things like, especially with our goalie situation, the fact that one of the things that we're upset about is Monty not knowing the right moment to pull our guy to give a spark or yeah. <laughs> um, get the other guy in there. Like we got Linus Allmark at a 1.82 goals against average and a 0.939 save percentage. Like those are elite numbers. Like it goes Allmark, Samsonov, and then the next closest um, goals against average is like 2.21. Like, oh, a, this guy's that's playing Sorokin out of right his there? mind. And that's uh, no, Sorokin, that, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's actually that Kochetkov kid from Carolina. It goes all Mark Samson oh. Kochetkov. Yeah, so it's like okay. the good, and it 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 just shows to like the depth we have and and the problems we're having right now are are we gonna lose two games in a row and mm-hmm. if our goalies do make enough mistakes to the point to need to be pulled why aren't they getting pulled sooner? And those are things that are going to get worked out by the end of the year, right? Like we got, we're what a third way through the season right now. Um, I don't know. It just, it it feels good. Like, like you're, you're right. There are a couple instances where we get a couple head scratchers, but all in all, I, even with them losing a couple games in their past uh, three to four, they're still playing to an elite level. Like what, like you said, the Arizona got 16 shots again. It's us. It clearly wasn't our night going into that barn. That was the first night in that barn that, you know, all the amenities were up to date and the fans looked like they were rocking a lot of Bruins and fans in there. A lot of let's go Bruins chants and stuff. But um, yeah, I just, I just feel like that was a, a weird night all in all. And uh, hopefully Swayman can, I'll just hopefully the goalie situation could get ironed out by the end of the year. It looks like it already and, is, but yeah. And I, I think it will though, because I think you got to remember it's, it's only his second full season. I mean, it feels like he's been part of the team forever because I mean, he did play part of that COVID season. Um, but, yeah. and obviously last year was his first full season. It's just, but I I don't know. Like if you look at like the big picture, like his last two starts, he's let up. I mean, if you want to say eight goals because of the the penalties, the the shootout, um, yeah, the shootout Monday night. But it's really seven seven goals on basically forty shots. I think if I did the math correct, and that's that's not too good. <laughs> that's not too good at all because I mean, what's his name? Fucking no name over there. Who's actually making a name for himself in Arizona? He's he made what. 42 43 saves that night so if you're looking at the big picture um it's a little concerning because you need timely saves that's that's what separates the the elite teams from the good teams and the good teams from the bad teams and um i think that was our problem with Allmark last year is we didn't get those timely saves and now you see it this year with swayman we're not getting those timely saves and after the year Swayman had last year, and basically since he came into the came to the NHL, uh, he's been a stud, and this is really his first time, and I guess a little bit last year, but this is his first time really facing some adversity, and it it's 
and this is how spoiled Bruins fans are, though, is we've always had a great goaltending situation. There's a lot of Tuca haters out there, but say what you want. Tuca was elite. There's you can't you can't even argue that. Yeah, he never won the big games, but neither did the team in front of him win the big games. Uh, he was consistent. You knew what he needed. He communicated with what he needed, and once he communicated with what he needed, which was basically a 50-50 split, 55-45 split with the season to for him to be able to quarterback basically your team throughout the playoffs. That's what he needed. Um, he wasn't one of those goalies, and he openly admitted that. He wasn't one of those goalies like Vasilevsky who can play 60 games, 65 games a season, and then still play, you know, 20-plus games in the fucking playoffs, you know. He's not yeah. one of those guys, and Bruins fans have been spoiled with goal, the goaltending situations for for a long time now, basically since, I want to say since Tim Thomas days, because you had Tim Thomas, and then after Tim Thomas, you went to Tuka Rask. You had Tuka forever, but Tuka always had decent backups. Um, you know, Tuka, towards the, I guess, front part of his career, would carry the load, but then once Halak came through, it was more of a 50-50, 55-45 split. And then that's when you saw Tuca really start to thrive. And uh, we just always had a good situation here. So seeing seeing a goaltender struggle as a Bruin is, I, you know, it's, we don't, <laughs> we can't really relate right now. You know, it's, it's, it's taken some Bruins fans a while to adapt to that and get used to that. Like, these guys are fucking human. It's he's a young goaltender. Um, he's gonna be okay. You've seen him, you've seen how good he can be. And and not to say every start's been bad, but he has had some good starts this season. Um, could he be dealing with a bit of an injury still? Yes. Could that knee still be bothering him? Possibly, but he hasn't he hasn't looked terrible. Um, you know, he he did come up with some timely saves Monday night against Vegas. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the, well, I didn't watch any of the game Friday night, but I saw some of the highlights, you know, it's, it's hard to be engaged. You know, I, I, Gail mentioned this as well, part of uh B and G writer over there. Um, she, she does a great job and she was saying like, you know, I forget who it was that she talked to when she covered Lowell. Um, she was saying, you know, one of the goaltenders back then told her like, it's hard to um it's it's hard to stay engaged when you only get 16 shots and not only that you got to look at the bigger picture there you're playing in front of 5000 people playing in a college arena like it's it's different it's weird and it, like as an NHL team i get it they all go back to their junior days and all that but when once you're in the NHL i feel like it's kind of hard to imagine and hard to get up for games like that and I think that could trick a lot of not just the Bruins, but other teams going into Arizona this year and not making excuses for the team. I mean, we can nitpick all we want, and it kind of feels like sometimes we are because I feel like I've been a broken record this so far this season recording, basically, because it's it's hard to find things to pick at for this team. And it's really just the goaltending situation. And you're, you're right. We have a start and we have a backup. It's no longer the one, a one B situation until Swayman gets his shit together. So, and another thing, yeah. as I was telling you before, a friend of mine, 
I won't throw them under or not necessarily under the bus, but they pointed it out to me before that Swayman is actually dealing with a breakup too. Um, uh, if you guys follow him on Instagram and stuff like that, you see that, you know, he, I don't know her name, but he had that girlfriend basically from Alaska, I believe. If I, I don't know the whole details, but he's also dealing with the breakup. It sounds like it sounds like a pretty recent breakup or looks like a pretty recent breakup. And and I this is maybe me digging too deep, but it's definitely something to pay attention to because you got to remember these guys are human. He's a young buck. It could have I don't know how long they were together for, but you got to remember this is a guy who moved from Alaska to Maine to play college hockey in Maine. And then basically right after that, he uplifted everything and went to Providence and Boston basically. And then obviously you see him during the off season, he does go back home. So it is a change of lifestyle. It's, you know, there's a lot of things that you can really look at there and just, if you really want to be picky about it, pick and choose what things could go wrong. Because if I, if I'm, well, I am human. I was going to say, if I'm a human, I am human. If I'm an athlete and I'm in a relationship in Massachusetts, but I go to college out in fucking Minnesota. And then from Minnesota, I, I sign with the Anaheim fucking ducks. And it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in as a human itself, never mind a professional. And people will say, Oh, you're getting paid so much money to pay the, play these games, blah, blah, blah. Like you should be able to handle this shit. It's like, dude, people forget that people are human and it's frustrating. It's like, and maybe that's me digging. Maybe that's me reaching. But if that is the case, he's got to get his head straight uh, as a as a professional, as a professional, not just professional athlete, but as a professional in general. I mean, you and me, we we have our nine to fives to go to. If whatever we're dealing with at home, if if it can wait, we have to put it off and we have to go take care of business that day. And what's done is done. And after work, you deal with your shit, so be it. But it, it can affect you day to day. I mean, you and me have both been through some shit, and it obviously we both know like it can affect you. I don't know. Maybe that's me reaching, but I think it's something to consider if that's truly the case. Well, no, it, it, you you bring up a good point. Like, I know we're being rumored boys right now and digging it deep into it, but that like that's where the art that's how good this team's playing right now and the type of things we're looking at. And another reason why I bring this up, like you said, like we've been, we're both 30 in our thirties newly for me, but we're both in our thirties. We've dealt with some breakups before. Like you said, you got to go to work. You got to deal with the crap. It's a lot looming over you. It, it also kind of, kind of goes back to last year with like Olmark and Felino having spotty games, not having the best seasons clearly. Well, Olmark had a good season, but compared to, what we're seeing now they were dealing with real life shit and it, mm-hmm. it's a big part of this like everyone forgets like this is one of my favorite things to say these guys are humans yeah they're star athletes like you mentioned yeah they're getting paid a good penny to do go to work and play do their job every day but that doesn't mean that they don't have real life issues that they're dealing with and it doesn't mean that they don't have the burdens of everyday life to go through and if that is something to swim is going through it to be to be honest it makes a lot of sense to me in the way that goalies are very mental maybe he doesn't have his rock right now maybe he's transitioning um like you said at least from like across the country maybe he's transitioning to life as a single man having to do things 
things on your own. Like it, it changes everything, especially for athletes like this who have such regimens and uh, schedules. It, yeah. it might have thrown a loop, uh, a hoop in his loop, I guess. And <laughs> you, you, you never you never know. Right. And the injury adding on to it. Uh, maybe Allmark playing outstandingly these lo- looming over his head a bit. These are all things that a young athlete's going to have to go through. And we should just be happy that we have like, not just us, but the fan base in general should just be happy that Swayman has a guy like Allmark to lean on to. And uh, Allmark's playing outstanding. He's got guys like Felino in the locker room to help that have been through this thing before and can help him out with stuff. You can, one of the best leadership cores in the NHL with Bergeron, Marchand, McAvoy, Pasternak, all guys that have gone through stuff within their small, well, small or large careers so far. So it's not, it's, it's could be something that's definitely bothering him. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I just hope he gets out at the other side. It's, it's tough going through breakups. It's tough going through everyday life stuff, but he's a hell, he seems like a hell of a guy. His teammates love him. You know he's going to bounce back from this, and this is just part of the learning curve of being a pro athlete. Yeah, and, and on top of all that, obviously we noted it already, it's his soft, sophomore season. He's a young buck. Um, it's probably one of, if not the first time, one of the first times he's dealing with shit like this. I mean, it can weigh heavy on you. And yeah, like you said, you got the leadership in the room, but he has to be willing to be open up, open up to them and basically you know work with them to kind of get through what they what everyone has to do to help him get through and maybe it weighs heavy on him with all mark having the season that he is i mean you see how goaltenders can be when i mean what was the situation last year when um minnesota traded for flurry and uh what the fuck's his name oh, Who's talbot the, talbot yeah talbot at the time he was like all right he's like well i thought i was the number one like i'd, I'd like to be moved and you know it 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 can weigh heavy on a guy because every every goaltender in the NHL wants to be the guy even if they sign like Halak he signed with the range granted he's having a shit season but yeah uh, I mean everyone over there is for the most part so yeah. so far but a guy like Halak I mean he he signed his deal he's obviously on the back nine of his career he signed over there he knew he wasn't going to be the guy but you know deep down the competitor in him wants to be the guy so. It's just how goaltend. It's just how professional athletes work. If you have that competitive edge, then yeah, you want to be the guy, and he wants to be the guy. But yeah, he wants to see all marks thrive and still still do good and all that. But it's you know, I don't know. It's just it, it's hard. I'm sure as a young goaltender, just uh, there's a lot weighing on him and. You know, that sucks for a guy like him, but hopefully, you know, the season's still young and thankfully as a Bruins fan, you have a hot goaltender right now, one of the best in the league right now. So, you know, you're very fortunate where, you know, and that's that's one of the benefits of having this, what originally started as a 1A, 1B situation. That was one of the benefits. And now you see Swayman slumping. And Allmark's picking up the slack, and it could, you know, roles could reverse in, um, I don't know, a month or two. Hopefully, it fucking doesn't. But maybe at some point this season, you start to see a little bit of a dip in Allmark's play, and you see Swayman get back to form. So that's the perks of having this situation. And trust me, Sway- Swayman's not having the best start this season, but I would take him over a lot of guys in this fucking league right now. And yeah. 
Bruins fans have to be thankful for what they have instead of fucking calling for Swayman's head and sending him down to the minors and saying Keith Kincaid's the better player. And Keith, yeah, Keith Kincaid's 33 years old. He had one great start with the Bruins and he was phenomenal in that game against the Rangers. But that's 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 all it was. Right. It was against the Rangers, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a lightning in a bottle situation. That's, Rangers were his team last year, and he was supposed to. Um, he, uh, I think that from what I gathered, from what I've heard from people and uh, the comments he's made about the Rangers, uh, he even made one after they played them. Is that uh, they were supposed to trade Georgiev when they signed him, and he was going to be the backup there. That kind of seems like what he was told, and then he got sent down. Uh, to the minors, spent the whole year there. And after he beat the Rangers, he's like, yeah, it was my old team. That felt good. Like, he made yeah. a point to say it, right? And another thing, too, like, when I'm saying Omar, or, uh, yeah, Omar's your starter, Swayman's your backup, it doesn't mean to say by the end of the year it's back to a 1A, 1B situation. I'm just saying it from when we came into this year, we went, oh, yeah, Swayman, Swayman had such a great year last year. Uh, we'll be so uh, we'll be up there in goalies for the Jennings and stuff like that because we're going to have a great 1A, 1B situation. Swayman's not even playing that bad, but but it's just the fact of how good Allmark is playing. You have that starter and backup situation. And uh, one last thing that I wanted to comment on about this is after the Arizona game, and you could even say the Vegas game at that point, when I was watching Monty's interviews, the one thing I noticed and I I actually really applauded and and liked from him is he didn't get on Swayman once. I think he knows he's struggling a little bit. Like he's a player's coach. He knows his guys. And even after the Arizona game where, yeah, he should have had that last shot. He should have been ready icing or not for that last shot. Um, he never said, oh, we need a save there. And that was something infamous that Bruce Cassidy was about. And that's just how Bruce Cassidy is. He's he's a soundbite. Every single fucking uh, interview that guy does, it's, he's a beauty, but he can be on his players. We, see, we saw it happen to Freddie. We saw it happen to JD, different guys. I actually really applaud and like how uh, Monty was just like, he didn't put anything on Swayman at all. He's like, yeah, we should have played that differently. They, they, they're convinced it should have been an icing, but he also said, you know, you got to play to the whistle, blah, blah, blah. He never once said like, oh, Swayman's got to have that. When, yeah, in reality he does, and I'm sure they had a conversation off screen about it, but he's not giving fuel to the whole fan base or giving fuel to the rest of the league on, okay, Swayman's not that guy and we can just bury him. And then it gets in Swayman's head. And then you got a goalie who's mentally unstable. Uh, that's the last thing you want in the NHL. You, like you look at LA with Cal Peterson, they're sent, they sent him down to the minors for a conditioning stint or, uh, oh, well, he got sent down to the line minors through waivers but it's a conditioning stint to get his confidence back because he's got no yeah. confidence at this point and he's kind of been sewered by their coach in interviews a couple times and like that's something i don't want to see because we've got the goalie tandem that's one of the most lovable in the league league you hear montreal canadian fans loving the goalie hugger when they played in tampa bay and they got the um they got to do the goalie hug you hear the whole crowd cheering like it, it's in, it's insane how much they're loved throughout the league. And you don't want to see a guy like Swayman lose his confidence just because his coach uh, is digging for a, an extra save or two. Yeah. And that's what I love about Monty is like, he, he can relate not just to the team, but to each player. Um, I feel like personally, if it, if it, if he had to call out a player, 
he would know which player to call out in the media because he he seems like the kind of guy who has a read on all these guys. And um, I could be wrong, but it, it's just pure speculation on my end. I, I just think, say, Felino, you know, who I still to this day, this season has yet to have a fucking bad game. But say Felino has a shit game, terrible game. One of the games from last year, right? And I feel like that that's a situation where where um holy shit, what's Monty knows his players and it's like, okay, this is gonna get this guy up for the next game and tell the media, yeah, Felino sucked ass and he's gotta be better. He's one of the leaders on this team. And that's a guy like that who will respond to that. Whereas Swayman, he's a young buck. These young folks, as you and me in our thirties can say, these young fucks can uh <laughs> They're they're a little too sensitive nowadays, and you got to learn. It's the new day 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 and age of hockey. You got to learn to adapt to each player. They don't like to be called out. They don't like to be called in. And that's what like, obviously, you're not in Boston, but the Boston media, the Boston radio stations, the like sports radio stations were brutal. Like, oh, Bruce was a meanie weenie to Jake DeBrusque. Blah blah blah. He can't handle it. It's like. Everyone's different, man. It's you got to learn. And that's what makes a great coach. You got to learn to adapt to each player, not just the locker room, not just the team itself. And he really, it seems like he's really taken the time to get to know each player, talk to them. And obviously they're both former U main boys too, but um, it seems like he's taken the time and he's really, you know, doing the right thing. And he could have easily came out Friday night to the media and like, yeah, Swayman didn't help us one bit and really throw him under the bus. But a goalie, obviously, like you said, it's a whole mental thing, too. I feel like with goalies, it's fucking 90% mental. I mean, look at that little fuck Bennington over in uh, oh God. in <laughs> in the Blues organization right now. You got the coach even fucking sick of his antics. But, mm. yeah, it's, you know, you can't you can't just call out a, a player like that anymore. It's a different day and age. And you see what you see with friggin' what's his name over in fucking torts in Philly. Yeah. You know, like his players aren't fucking responding to shit. He's not adapting to the new day and age. And that's why he was out of a job last year. That's why he's going to be out of a job pretty quickly too, because his style, his coaching style. Yeah. Maybe on the ice, it could work sometimes, but getting players to respond, getting players to be the best that they can be. It's not going to be a torch situation. It's got to be a Monty situation. And I think that's what part of, I think that's what you're seeing part of behind. And like when you watch behind the B, how loose the locker room is, how happy everyone is and just how lighthearted and welcoming Monty is to the media itself. It's, it's a nice change of pace to see. And yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into the coaching thing right now, but I wasn't happy when Cassidy went, but now I'm completely fucking thrilled when Cassidy went because um, it was the right move. Uh, Obviously the message was lost with Cassidy and Monty was the right guy so far, so far, obviously, but just how the guys respond, how the guys, how he treats the guys. He has so much respect for the team, for the players itself. You see a rejuvenated DeBrusque. You see, you see him just constantly showing respect in the media to these guys and and obviously some of it is leadership too with you know guys like Krejci and Bergeron and stuff like that but I I think that's one of the biggest things of Monty and I think it's gonna help because 
if if we still had Cassidy right now, I'm not sure if Swayman at any point this season would bounce back. I have hope for Swayman to bounce back this season because of the way Monty likes to build up his players instead of calling them out and stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from uh, having Montgomery as the coach this season. And um, I, 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 you know, Swayman could be dealing with personal shit. He could still be dealing with it, that knee injury, but Monty has the patience for it. One of the good things for the Bruins getting off to this hot start is you can afford a few losses here and there. And it, that's, this is a team that could probably use a few losses here and there. I mean, it, we're recording. This is Sunday late afternoon, early night. We're recording before the Vegas game tonight. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking this team's going to respond and they're going to show up to as you know, they're going to show up from puck drop to the, to the end of the game. And you're going to see a complete game from this team. Um, I think, I think that's how this team responds now, instead of being, you know, I think he sends a message in the locker room. I don't think he sends it to the locker room via media and post games and stuff like that. And I know I kind of went off on that, but I just, I, I think that's the biggest difference. And I think that's why people still need to show, and hold out hope for Swayman because he's not a bad goaltender. You see what he's capable of. He just needs to find his game and he needs to get his head right and his body right because we don't know if it's head or body or both or whatnot, but you know, you, you just have to ride it out. And as a professional athlete, you you just got to work through the kinks and get through the bullshit because you're going to hear the noise. And unfortunately to be a goaltender, uh, in the NHL playing for the Boston Bruins is probably one of the last teams you want to play for because we've been spoiled and they're going to hear at the moment they, you know, have a bad game. And that's the thing. People, people are so zoned in and focused in on Swayman's bad games. They're not even paying attention to the good games he's had. And that's, what's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing too, to like kind of sum up what like your little rant there is Monty. Um, one thing I'm, Notice with him is like okay we, yeah we had the home streak it got ended in a technicality on the shootout whatever big deal they, they're not playing for streaks they're playing to win hockey games right and that every every, every uh, presser we lose you hear Monty say the same thing you know I loved our compete I love that we're never out of game and that's something I've noticed too like like we were saying on Twitter no beer safe no joints safe. No lead safe <laughs> at this point with this team. And I and I love that because it's, it just shows that we give we don't give up. We have no fight. And I notice now the new thing that they're rolling with is, okay, we're not losing two in a row. These are good little um, motivators to put in front of yourself. And exactly why a guy like Monty is perfect for this team. He knows this locker room is going to show up. He knows the boys, like, he, he can give the key to the asylum a little bit and let it run itself because he's got Bergeron who could be a coach in this NHL. Uh, like right now he's got, you know, Marshawn who, yeah, he, he's toes the line sometimes, but he's a great leader inside his own rock locker room. You have uh, the younger leaders. Like I talked about before. So it's, it's, it's not a matter of fact, are we going to lose? It's a matter of fact of how hard, how hard are we going to try to get back into this game? I'm pretty sure like 44% of wins in the league this year are come from behind 
wins, which is just wild to me because it shows that nobody cares about defense and everyone's trying to put, put the puck in the net. That's how these young kids play now. They want to get their cookies. They want to get their apples. They don't care about defense. But then you look at our team. We're one of the best defensive teams in the league, and that's something that we've always prided ourselves on. And then on top of that, we're never out of a game because we're one of the, we're the best one of the best third-period teams in the game. We're getting better at our second periods. And now it's like we got to dial our starts back in. The fact that they're able to notice these things, correct them, and move on from that without winning, without losing back-to-back games so far this year is something that should be applauded. And, and is, like you said, it's getting looked over in all this because people are micromanaging what we, what we need to choose um, to what – sorry, what we think are bad, bad, um, bad instances so far in this season because – there hasn't been that many. There hasn't been that many dark days. So it's it's something I'm not worried about as much, but it's something I look at too is like, this is awesome. Now they're trying not to lose two games in a row. So you you know they're going to come out tonight with Allmark and Ned. They're going to want to get Bruce Cassidy back for that game. There's going to be a lot of money on the board from the boys because you know there was a lot of money on the board when Bruce Cassidy came into Boston. And now they're going into his building. They're going to want to get that money back. So uh, I don't know. I saw the boys were out at the UFC last night. I hope the pops were flowing. I hope they had a good time. You know, like that's what, that's what we, a lot of the things we didn't see last year. I don't know if it was Bruce Cassidy, not letting the guys do as much stuff as they're getting out and doing this year. Like I noticed, I don't know, DeBrusque and somebody or DeBrusque and Lindholm were at a Celtics game. Like the boys are enjoying themselves. They're feeling it right now. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm very curious to see what the outcome of tonight's game is, because if they can keep this, oh, we're not going to lose two games in a row going for a while. It, it doesn't matter how close the games are. It matters whether or not they're giving up in them and they look lifeless or not. Like that first period against Vegas at home was abysmal. They came oh, out yeah. and they just pulled it together for the second and third. And like we said, if the game had to just kept going, if there was unlimited clock, the Bruins have that. <clears throat> A win and they have those two points but it's over and done with now the new mission is let's not lose two games in a row i i, I just love that for this team for these guys yeah and, and how monty's that's how monty's using the media all right yep no now we're not gonna lose two in a row i'm sure the boys are fired up here now like if i had a coach like that like we're we have the record we have and then our coach is like all right here's another challenge boys i don't want to lose two in a row that's like that. That's something you hold your hat on, right? Like these are these yeah. team games that they're playing are unbelievable, and the way that they're sticking up for each other, like Frederick, like like there's another uh, another thing I wanted to get to. Hall getting sent down, quote unquote. You even said it last pod. I was listening. It's not even a demotion, and the way Hall's acting mm-hmm. about it, it's because we like we talked about the last pod I was on. It doesn't feel like a demotion with Monty. He goes out to breakfast with these guys which is unbelievable i love that he always says in the media oh i had breakfast with smitty yesterday morning he's gonna be back in the lineup oh i had breakfast with hall the other day we talked about him going to the coil line doesn't even call it the third line because it's just like the the way that our lines are rolling right now and you put hall with a kid like frederick who's clearly giving him pointers if, if you watch the last behind the beat because they're vibing and talking on the bench and then all of a sudden, Frederick's one-timer just becomes Ovechkin style. Like that, that That's <laughs> the type of team we have, and that's the positives that our fan base should be looking at, not whether or not Swayman's going to get back to being a 1B when we have Allmark just being an absolute stud out there. No, 100%. 100% and that basically leads us, because I did want to bring this up, 
is the whole, and I know I talked about it on last episode, but it just keeps getting, I mean, I think I'm almost positive he scored. Yeah, he scored, what do he have, one or two, the game against Vegas? I know he had the game tying goal uh, to complete that comeback and force overtime. Uh, if I look quickly, no, he only had one goal that game. But this guy, I mean, in Hall has said it himself, he doesn't look as a demotion. And them, them moving Hall, switching Hall and Zaka, has been the biggest difference so far this season. And actually, one thing I do want to bring back before we go on, and we don't even have to talk about it, but I did want to mention that we might not have a 1A, 1B situation with the goaltending situation, but we finally, for the first time in a long time, I know part of last year too, but the first time in a long time, we have a 1A, 1B situation on the defensive side with uh, Lindholm and McAvoy. That's one thing I did want to know, so Bruins fans can, you know, kind of relax there Lindholm is struggling a little bit and that's fine because now you have slowed down a bit since McAvoy has come back uh production wise yeah and is it but isn't that such a like uh like it's such a beautiful thing that we have like last year we were like oh who's gonna step up when McAvoy's stale we don't have to worry about that anymore because it just seems like all right, McAvoy's like, all right, Lindy's not having a good night. I'm going to put the D on my back. McAvoy's not having a good night. Lindy's like, okay, boys, let's go. I'm going to be the horse tonight. So sorry to cut you off, but it like, what, like, I, I just love that situation for us right now. Well, like what a trade, what a signing. Oh, and absolutely. Kudos to Lind, even though he's struggled, to, not even, sh- we're saying struggled, but it's like, this guy's <laughs> just had a couple average games. You know yeah. what I mean? It's well, we're saying struggling because of the start. He's got off to it. Exactly. He got off to an unreal fucking start. Um, one thing though is like since since McAvoy has returned, I mean he's averaging a point a game right now. I mean, yeah, he, he's got 14, 14 points in thirteen games. Um, so even if he goes pointless tonight against the Vegas Knights, he's still averaging a point a game. So, um, uh, people who complain saying McAvoy doesn't produce enough, whatever, like you know, pe- that's that's the problem with the Norris Trophy too is. They give it to obviously Kill McCarr's a fucking freak, dude. The, there's no, there, there will never, I don't know if there will ever be another fucking Kale McCarr. This guy is today's fucking Bobby Orr. He is unfucking real. But what McAvoy's doing on both ends of the ice and how heavy his hits are, he doesn't just hit to knock you off the puck, he hits you to put his shoulder through your fucking chest. This guy yeah. lays massive hits. Uh, he does everything you need him to do. He logs minutes. I mean, the guy's a fucking workhorse. And it's, he's what, it's, but he's what New York thought they were getting in Truba when they signed that huge yeah, yeah. contract to 100%. him. That's literally what they thought they were getting. And we have it. And yeah, at a mil and a half more. But fuck, McAvoy's a $10 million player on a yeah. lot of other teams. As far as I'm concerned, that contract's still a fucking stale, especially even Lindholm's too. I mean, he's got 20 points on on 26 games this season. He's a plus 21 still. So has his play dipped as of lately? Maybe on the production side, but yeah, maybe a game, every game he might have a bad shift or two, so be it. But he's still still a fucking stud on the back end. Your one-two punch is signed for the next eight years. Uh, yeah, 16 and, and a half million like in, that's that's normal in the NHL yeah. 
No, it, it is normal, especially with the going rate. And that's a days. steal, right? I mean, yeah, do you want to? I know Eric Carlson's having a hell of a year, but do you want to be paying for a guy like that? What is he, 11 and a half, 11, 11 mil? And he hey, still let's... has a few years left and he's injury prone and he, he doesn't have a two way game. He really only has, you know, offensive upside. And so be it, he might help, help the power play and help you score goals. And yeah, he's having a bounce back year and I'm happy for him, but it's what he's doing that you can't, I mean, it's not sustainable for what, how, how he plays the game. Let's even keep it in, in division. You look at the Atlantic division, you look at a guy like um, Morgan Riley, He's making eight million, maybe even a little more than that, for a guy who's playing plays and not even in, he's as not not even close to McAvoy, but a little bit worse than Lindholm. Like you're you're getting Lindholm at a great deal, and Lindholm's a bigger body too. I mean, pe- people oh, want to say he's fucking yeah. soft and all that, but who did he toss the other night? Um, uh no, it was against Colorado. He tossed fucking bleed the oh, other night. Bleed. Yeah, yeah, the was was that yeah, the home game yeah. though? Yeah, that the was the sweet home game. bleed. Uh, bleed quote tweeted it, and he was like, "That's the Swedish hello." It was like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> "Yeah, no." So it's a great situation to have. Still and, got it. And people, I don't know. It, I just wanted to go back to that, but back to Taylor Hall and the Zaka. Basically, swapping them has, yeah, has reinvented these. I want to say, I, I guess you can say top three lines. This this year's depth is just crazy good, crazy scary. It should scare a lot of NHL teams because though Zaka doesn't necessarily have the goals, I think he only has two goals on the season, three goals on the two, season. I think. Three, He's got okay. three, three goals, 13 assists for 16 points in 26 games. So, yeah, he's not necessarily producing at a high level like some – people hope that he would be but what is it 23 points in 26 games no he's he's at 13 oh no holy shit these numbers are fucking me up 16 points in 26 games so that's fine you know, that's, that's fine for me yeah that's totally fine with me especially yeah. his two-way game and how he plays i mean he's it, complimentary to that line you know what i mean and, like, it and was getting too. stale on the third line a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think him and Coyle are a little too similar in some mm-hmm. aspects when it comes to containing the puck and whatnot, where no one would shoot. More... Yeah, exactly. And Zaka even said to start the season he wants to shoot more, but it's I don't know, something's holding him back. But ever since he missed that open net, he's had a tough time trying to <laughs> find the back of it. Nosek 2.0, but yeah. Nosek's not a guy who's <laughs> supposed to score and people yeah. are still on him. Um, no, it's it's a great situation to have because this this is and I don't want to jerk off Don Sweeney, but here I am jerking him off. He uh, had a hell of an offseason, dude. He had I need I, mean, I need to take that on the nose. I was really critical of him. I wanted I, him gone. I wanted yeah. him gone. Yeah. I, I, I I'm eating crow on. No, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm eating on his. I'm eating crow on that, and he's proved us wrong. And that trade is looking. I mean, his trades that he's made have been fucking phenomenal. I mean, we can talk Dude, about you know the Taylor Hall trade, the the Lindholm trade. It's just fucking unreal. I think the Taylor Hall trade for me is where it all started. Um, and him regaining 
not my confidence, but just regaining the confidence of ownership and organization. It still took me up until I think like game four of the season where I was like, okay, maybe Sweeney did make the right moves here. But like you said, he brings in all these guys. The, the thing that I don't want to spend much time on this because it was just a stupid thing from the organization, but the, the only stain he has on this right now is that um, Mitchell Miller sign. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for that, he'd be up for GM of the year. Yeah, no, one, 100%. And, and it's well-deserved. It's well-deserved that he's not up for it because yeah. it's a stupid, stupid decision. Yeah, ex- bad mistake. Stupid. But another thing, too, is like, yeah, the Taylor Hall trade, the Lindholm trade, but also the Zaka trade. The one oh, for beautiful, simple, like one for one. I mean, the poor bastards got one or two on the year. Um, what what the fuck's his name? Um, Halla, Halla, yeah, Halla's. Yeah. You know, Holla. he had a, <laughs> he, he he had a great year last year with the Bruins. He overproduced one hundred percent. He's he's a role player though. That's how it is with him and. Uh, we Yo, and shout out to Kevin O'Keefe. Uh, I guess shout out to Bruce Cassidy listening to Kevin O'Keefe and putting Hall on that second line with uh Hall and Pasternak last year because it literally got us Zaka. If Hall didn't have the year he had last year, yeah, New Jersey's not going to want that guy in our in their top six. 100 percent. There, there's no way that trade happens, and we we're probably trading a draft pick with that too. But oh, for sure. Of that, we get to keep the draft pick. Unfortunately, though, the price of that was we had to deal with him as our second line centerman last year, and you saw it really hurt us in the playoffs. And he was a no show basically. And yeah, but now and I don't this... think that that also too didn't defer New Jersey away because I don't know if they even thought they were making the playoffs this year, right? They yeah. just wanted a guy that came from that lock from our locker room, uh, like at a guy like Hollow who's been in a vet he's been around you know he's been in good locker rooms i think they were just looking for that side of it but worked out for both of us because i think hall is playing on top six minutes not like he's putting the points up but he is a very good complimentary piece and we just got a younger faster one with uh some contract uh leeway yeah and him being in saka being an rfa and like i spoke on the last pod i was on guy waited till the last day to sign his ticket so that everyone could fit under the cap that's that's a beauty right there you love that and i think after even after this one year deals up he's still an rfa right if i remember correctly i I don't know 100 percent. but even i think he might be that's that's from oh i yeah that would be i know mark and that all them would know that a little bit better i don't have yeah me right now i try not to think that far ahead but it would be even fucking sweeter if he was an RFA at the end of this but year. E- either way, the way he went around the contract, how he lives in Boston in the off seasons with all the checks on our team. Um, I Even if he is a UFA, I, UFA, I don't see him listening to many other offers. I think he wants to be a Bruin. I think he wants to be a Bruin, and I think obviously the Bruins want him to I be would, a Bruin because I, if, if Bergeron returns, let's put it this way. You're not getting Bergeron and Krejci back next year. You're getting one of them, or you're getting neither of them. Personally, I think. I think I think Krejci's one and done this season. I think 
Bergeron hasn't shut the door. I mean, you saw it on the latest behind the B when he got his thousand point. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> One more year. But it's just, it, it's great. And I, that's how I hope when he announces that he's coming back for one more year. Do you think just... that, do you think that happens with Cassidy as the coach, that video and the way that they, like you see Bergeron dancing in the locker room? Like, the, I don't how, think, how yeah. Free flowing. I don't I think don't the know locker room's that light. Uh, no, I I don't either. And it's nothing against Bruce Cassidy. It's like I said, tensions are high after you lose a Stanley Cup final at home to a guy like Jordan Bennington. I don't think we ever recovered from that as a franchise, to be honest. Yeah, and I think you just needed to turn a new page. And you can see it really working because the locker room, I mean, it's as it's as loose as it's ever been. I mean... These boys are fucking having the time of their lives. They're at fucking UFC last night. Like you said, they're just, they're fucking, they're really embracing the whole team thing. Like it, not team guys being family, dude, they're, they're fucking brothers. It's, it's a different bond this year. And I don't necessarily know if that's, I obviously Krejci's back. Yeah. But they, is it because, like, if Cassie was still the coach and we have Krejci and Bergeron back this year, are they as a tight-knit group as they are this season with him or without him? Or is, is it because they're back for one more season and possibly, hopefully, maybe one more more, one more season? Or is it because that and Cassidy's gone? I'm, I'm not necessarily sure. It's because... You obviously, I, I already said, like, you don't listen to sports radio here, but um, Adam Jones, this fucking piece of shit guy, he, <laughs> he, he is such a fucking loser here. I mean, there's a reason why he works nights because he's a fucking loser, but I just happened to have it on because it was after it was, it was, um, the Tuesday after the Bruins game. I was coming home from work, so I threw him on, and he has the balls to call Bergeron basically a fraud and like a fake because he's, he's waiting. You saw the picture of him waiting there and talking to Cassidy. And I think uh, media pointed out that they talked for like a half hour up to a half hour and caught up. But he was basically saying like Bergeron's a fraud. He's fake. He, he doesn't give a shit. He's the, he's the reason why Cassidy got fired, blah, blah, blah. I'm like this guy, it was, I was getting so mad listening to it because I don't want to give in to him and like tweet at him or call in because I think that's just what he's trying to do is trying to rile everyone up and get people to call in. But I I think Bergeron returns regardless if it's Cassidy or not. And I think um, Krejci returns regardless if it's Cassidy or not. But do I think the locker room, it looks a little bit different um, after games? Yes, 100%. I just... I don't know. I mean, you saw under Cassidy, they're blasting fucking Barbie girl after, you know, the winter classic or whatever it was, the stadium series, whatever they were playing um, out in Lake Tahoe when, um, yeah, uh, whatever it was. So I don't know. I, I don't want to friggin' nitpick like that. I think Cassidy did great things for the Bruins. He turned them around when he, um when he became the head coach after, uh, after Claude Julian, because those were big shoes to fill, and he did a great job, and he he gave us six great years. But every coach has a shelf life in the NHL for the most part. Um, I had to be fired. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, it's a thankless job. 
what was he the second uh, longest tenured coach before that? Yeah, no, sure, uh, after yeah. um after John Cooper. Cooper. I mean, John, I mean, John it's I think he has I mean, a coaching job for life. Yeah, with, with what he's done for that organization. <laughs> I mean Yeah, I think he's gonna have to wanna leave himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And why would you want to leave when you're playing you know in I mean? fucking Tampa and you they just keep producing for you? It's a great great life there that you have going on. But yeah, so <sighs> The the buzz around the locker room, outside the locker room, on the ice, all this, it's it's a great time to be a Bruins fan, as we noted. And that switch with Zaka and Hall has really changed this whole lineup and kind of rejuvenated the five-on-five scoring. And, and, and another thing, too, the power play. I want to bring this to the power play, and obviously the PK has done wonders itself since Forboard has returned. But the power play, man, it's no longer... Bergeron's power play unit and then maybe the other unit gets the last 10 seconds or whatnot you have a 1a 1b situation there I mean the one Felino scored the other night oh man holy shit it looked like he was 29 again oh my god man that was fucking unreal dude that pass from Krejci and that one time we're getting on the fucking knee, basically no angle. Holy shit. That's rocks, some that was point. rock star shit. Right rock there. star shit is right, baby. Yeah. And it's that was fucking disgusting. And obviously, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Postonok scored earlier in the game on a power play goal. But Postonok's going to be Postonok. So it's dude. He so, so funny. OK, we're going to take this not off the rails a little bit, but I was just like, you know, when you go on the NHL app and you're like scroll scrolling the uh game day of or whatever and it's like boston points leaders i was like yeah. holy shit pasta pasta has 19 goals in 26 games played like that's like like what a season he's having so far and then i was just like curiously i'm just gonna go with the season see what the season leaders are holy shit man connor mcdavid i was like man 37 points for pasta in 26 games that's He's got to be up there in the heart conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, not even close. Like McDavid has almost double the points he has. 54 yeah. points, 25 goals. Like that's it's wild. But it just it goes again to what I was saying before. They don't nobody cares about defense anymore. Like it's a, it's all about putting the puck in the net, but I just find I know it's a contract year, but holy pasta just his hockey IQ this year is out of this world. Like Montgomery was talking about it and it kind of like gave me a couple flashbacks throughout this season. He's not just shooting from anywhere anymore. He's looking to get to the perfect spot when he doesn't have it. He's giving it to somewhere else. I think that's what one of the biggest things that's helped our power play this year is it's not just feed the puck to pasta. It's okay. Let's see if we can do it. If not, we've got other options. We have a lot of guys. Like you said, we have two full power play units of goal scorers. There, like, there isn't a single player on there who can't put the puck in the net, including Fleen. No, because last year was just an anomaly. This guy's, this guy's buzzing, man. Like, and I don't know. You just love to see that that it's not getting funneled through uh, one dam at this point. They're breaking it up and trying to get it. Get get everyone a touch. Let's let's find the best opportunity. Let's get high danger shots. Let's not just throw the puck on net for with volume. Let's actually make sure we're putting it in a good situation to succeed. Yeah, and you you can see that. I mean, Felino. I mean, talk about having a hell of a year. I mean, to start the season, me and Mark 
before when we record an episode basically project as all marked to be the seven player award and he's looking pretty good so far to win that but felino's a close second in my opinion i mean this guy's having it's like obviously yeah it's it's a contract year for him too and He's having a hell of a year, but he's got 14 points in 26 games. The guy, when he's not putting up points, he's doing everything right away from the puck, on the puck. He's protecting his players, his teammates, not his players, his teammates. He's just doing everything right in that aspect. What Basically, he knows his role, and he's fucking fully embraced Nick because the way he's playing this year, it's it's – it looks like it could be one of his last seasons. I mean, it sounds like it's a last dance situation for these yeah, guys. I didn't know that. And not just him, too. I mean, I I truly believe if the Bruins somehow do win the cup this year, knock on wood, that you're gonna see guys like Bergeron, Krejci, Felino just ride off into the sunset. Yeah, there's no, yeah. no way they come back. If anything, Felino may be on like a league minimum just because he's younger than the other two. But like you said, like they'll be going won't they be going into year like 39 of their life or 40 Krejci and Bergeron? Like I'm pretty um, sure this, what are they 37 and 38 right now? Krejci will be 37 by the end of this season and Bergeron's going to be 38 basically to start next season if he comes yeah. back. So like you're, you're basically 40 years old. And it's like that the the first of all the way that they're funny playing, thing is sorry to cut you off I just realized Felino's actually younger than both them yeah he's only like thirty two he just 33? he just turned thirty five there you go thirty five okay so a couple years younger so yeah maybe he would run off into the sunset but one thing I will say about Felino would it, would you be surprised if he puts up fifty to sixty points? on the fourth line this year. Like, I know it's crazy to even say that, but he's got 14 <laughs> points in 26 games. Like, it's like it the way he's playing on the power play and the way he's really dragged that fourth, he's made the fourth line into a third line on most nights. Like, to say that we have the best bottom six in the league isn't that much of a stretch right now. No, not not at all. But um, to for him to reach possibly 50, what do you say, 50 to 60 points? Yeah, like right now he's got what is it, sixteen and twenty six games or whatever it is. He's got yeah, 14, he's got, he's got fourteen and twenty six games. Like um, that's wild to me. I I think what well what obviously helps him too. I I don't necessarily know how many power play points he has, but him getting the power play minutes too has, and he's been making the most of it. He just hasn't. It's not like he's just a passenger on the power play. He's embracing it and. The thing is, like with a guy like Felino, obviously in the in the NHL you get secondary assists. But if there are such things as third third assist, third dairy assist, <laughs> yeah, if you want to if you want to <laughs> make up a word and go with it, he would he'd probably have forty points on the season right now. The guy, I mean, he makes plays happen, and unfortunately, yeah. you don't get there's you know there's no guys on who get the third assist, but he's a guy who's just, he creates so much for his teammates. And um, if he wasn't playing with a guy like, sorry, no sick, I love you, buddy. And I think you're having a terrific season um, away from the puck. He's just, if he's playing with anyone else, he might be producing a little bit more. If, if we get an injury, yeah, he can play up on the third line and produce with coil and Frederick or coil and hall. Um, He's a guy who can, Really play all four lines. He won't. He won't 
necessarily replace the guy and produce like they would, but he's a guy who can play all four lines and just thrive there because he knows his role. He's that's one of the perks of just having a guy like him because he's, he's truly the definition of a, of a uh, veteran leader. Like he is just fully embracing it. He might not have the C, but the dude is embracing it. He knows what it takes. He knows what it, I mean, you see him in behind the B he's talking in the locker room. He's getting the guys hyped up. He's saying all the right things and he's just fucking happy to be here. And I think, I think maybe we noted it before. I know I've mentioned it at least before that piece that he, um, Pluto Shinzawa, I think that's how you say his last name, wrote about Felino basically saying this is the best he's ever felt. Uh, Maybe it wasn't just a clickbait piece. Maybe there was actually meaning behind it. Maybe Felino actually meant it. And it seems like he did because a lot of players will come back and be like, oh, this is the best I've ever felt. I feel like I'm 21 again, yada, yada, yada. Well, maybe he actually meant it. Maybe he actually feels like he's 21 again because like, Felino's averaging just over 12 minutes a game, and he is having – he's got – okay, here we go. He's got five power play points, five power play points. So five of his 14 points have come from wow. the power play. That's even more impressive. I thought he was going to have like half his points were going to be power play. Yeah, so it, it is coming from five-on-five five plays. So that's, Dude, and he's, that's encouraging he's a plus to see. seven rating. Yeah, like, plus seven rating. Like I know people plus minus it's one of the most overlooked or underlooks underlooked uh, stats in all of hockey, but dude, this guy is burning on both ends. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's not like he's being a liability while he's putting these points up. Yeah, no defensively and, sound and he's dragging and if, the other guys in the battle. And if you watch a fucking Bruins game without even looking at the plus minus, you can tell he's doing everything on both ends of the ice. So Yo, how about Charlie McAvoy quietly putting up a point per game? Dude, I know. Like, wh- like that, and then you even look at Marshawn over a point per game. I know he's not happy with his five on five play, but it it's not. They don't. They don't ask how you do it. They ask how many, right? Like, exactly. Exactly. So it's like it. It just. I don't know. I'm just. I'm sorry. I haven't scrolled through the points in a couple days now. No, so that's that's literally that exactly like, what I'm doing. Yeah, it's shit. it's kind of wild to look at. I mean, obviously, Pasta is the clear cut leader right there up top, but you got Bergeron, Krejci, Marshy, and um, even Krejci, dude, coming back play like the equiv- equivalence of what he's doing this year. So this yeah. is this is a good topic to bring up since you brought up Krejci and actually looking at this and seeing what he's producing 21 points in 23 games. Uh it's phenomenal to look at because uh the short shift boys Thomas over there they brought up um uh, with Thomas, Andrew and Ann, they brought up a Great good point. Player. Uh they basically was like I think Andrew asked the question yeah, Andrew asked the question. He led off with it. He basically, did you expect Krejci to be this good when he came back? And he said no. I and I didn't. I I I would be happy if Krejci had 14, 15 points right now. I'm thrilled Which that he has twenty one points. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? like exactly. It's, it's it, it, and dude. the crazy thing is, sorry to cut you off, but the crazy no. thing is, uh he came back from that injury and he had a, a handful of games after that, that he just played like dog shit. So you mm-hmm. take away those games too. He's probably at this fucking point averaging 
um, two points a game. But if you take away those, if he, or if he's producing like how he is producing now, he would probably have 30 points on the season. Yeah, holy shit. He's going to hit a 1,000 games this year, eh? Is he really? Maybe. Maybe that's why he. Maybe that's why he was like, "I'll do one one last dance." Yeah, because you wants... have all the Bergeron milestones that happened this year, and then on Ooh, top yeah, of that, Krejci's gonna hit a thousand. That's, but yeah, like you said, like this guy just took a year off to go play in a league that's like the level is from what I understand is like in between the AHL and uh, the East Coast Hockey League. So it's like yeah. you got a guy who just went, "I'm gonna go play beer leagues for a year." And then, yeah. you know, just comes back in the NHL and doesn't even miss a stride. Like, yeah. he's never been – he's been under a point per game player in his league – or in this in this league, sorry, over his career. And But he always has been considered as a top-line – he wouldn't be a top-line player on any other team the whole his whole career. So it's just – it's amazing to see at 36 years old, he just makes this jump back in the NHL like it's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Same. It's – it's it's uh it's great to see and you, you couldn't wish anything better of this team right now like they're just they're they've been outstanding and they're checking all the boxes as they go along yeah and that's i mean that's and that's all you could really ask for but the the mentality they have and the mentality the coach has it's like all you can ask for because as you noted um Monty says, let's just make sure we don't lose two in a row. You lose one, okay, don't lose the second one. Let's not lose two in a row. Let's keep that's that a goal. Off mentality right there. Dude, if you, if you have that mentality from the start of the season, come playoff time, you lose a game, it's going to be easy peasy, man. It's going to be second nature to these guys. It's like, all right, well, we're going to make sure, we're going to make damn sure that we don't lose a fucking game now. We're going to do everything we can to win this game because we're not losing two in a row. Because, I mean, we're what 20 this tonight's going to be 27 games into the season and the Bruins have yet or well we'll see it knock on wood we'll see the outcome of tonight but 26 games into the season Bruins have yet to lose back-to-back games um they battled back no safe is lead no Jesus no lead is safe for any NHL team that plays the Boston Bruins this season because they've battled back from three nothing they played some of the worst hockey I've seen them play this season against the Vegas Knights, and they came back. They got a point, um, and they dominated that overtime. They dominated the third period. It should have never got to the shootout, in my opinion. They should have taken care no. of business in overtime, but it is what it is. I'm happy that we got the point. I'm glad, personally, I'm glad that they finally suffered a home loss because I think they needed that. I think the more and more it went on, the more pressure they'd have on them. And I just don't want them in that situation at all. I just get it out of the way. And then, you know, it, it's done. Now you can, you know, fresh start. Now it's just, there's no headlines going into home games. Yeah. There's no know? record looming over top. Of yeah. Me. You're just going, you're going home and you're playing some fucking home games. You're going to go the- home Tuesday night and play against the fucking fraudulent Islanders and you're going to light them up because you don't have to worry about this fucking streak over your head that people keep bringing up. And see, that's, this is another test I want to see. Like, like you said, like you don't have to worry about that streak anymore. And you know, in the back of your head, you lost it on a technicality case technicality. So it's like in the end, you're like, yeah, the streak's over, but you know, you could have won that game. There's no like, Oh man, 
that was we got blown out. You were getting blown out, but then you came back and made it a hockey game. I think the real test to me is okay. You had a little um, slip up in Arizona. Uh, the boys went and had a good night last night. How can you respond on at the end of this road trip to go and sh- shove it to Vegas like they did in your building? And then, like you said, go home and take on the fraudulent Islanders. I think they come out guns blazing tonight against the fucking Vegas Knights. Um, I think they're going to have Eichel back. And and that's the big thing. He's playing like, hurt, too, I saw. Yeah, and and Which I don't sucks, know because I want to see if healthy Eichel. Dude, I was I know he tested player. it um in the morning skate, uh Monday night, but I was really looking forward to him playing with the Vegas Knights and just playing back home basically because it would just be sick to see. But it sucks that he's playing hurt. Um, they were missing their two best players or two of their best players because they still have Mark Stone and whatnot. Theodore's out. Tonight it, too with Petrangelo. Oh. Yeah, Petrangelo is dealing with a family issue. I saw. Oh, like so he's still not. Ago. I saw there's a chance that he was coming back, but yeah. You know, best wishes to him. I hope. Yeah, um, man. I, I whatever's going on. I hope everything is okay. I hope it gets better because um, he's some a hell things, of a player. And yeah, some things are bigger than sports. Way bigger than sports, was, man. Sorry, I kind of stole that from you. No, no. I was <laughs> hey, that was that tapping. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice. I got my point. <laughs> back to back door right there, baby. All yeah. day. Um, but yeah, man, it's you know you you want to see him come back. I obviously and you know I hope everything's okay. He's got to take care of business, and so be it. He's you know he's healthy too. Hell of a so, hockey player. You know, hell of a hockey player. Hell of a guy. So uh, it's it'll be. It sucks that he's missing the game, but. He still has one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Uh, when Colorado played Vegas at Lake Tahoe after us, they were he was mic'd up, and uh, Nathan McKinnon's coming down on him, just flying like wheels are buzzing. Oh, and he just goes, Oh, 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 no, yeah. oh, no, <laughs> he just ah, gets shit. Beat I didn't wide. even realize that was yeah. him. Oh, my yeah, god, that, that was fucking you can tell hilarious. he's just one of the fellas, you know, he's just like, Oh, oh shit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying when I'm playing fucking beer league, and the guy gets me on my fucking heels right there. Yeah. But, you get that one crossover, and it's make it or break it. Yeah, exactly. Fucking a, but that's funny. I I totally forgot about that clip. Yeah, I love that one. So but, shout out to Petrangelo, but yeah, the Knights. We got to shove it to him tonight. Yeah, and it's you know the problem is too if the Bruins do come out buzzing and it's another great win, easy win for them. And Almark plays great, then it's Swayman's going to hear it even more. And I kind of want Swayman to start Tuesday night just because of that. Come back home, yeah. get the garden behind him, get the boys behind him, and just build the guy's confidence well, up instead of fucking hitting a man when he's down. You know, and that that makes sense to me too because then you go um, Swayman against the Islanders, Omar against the Kings, and then give uh, Swayman the Saturday game at 1 o'clock against Columbus, who's really been struggling this year. Yeah, uh, oh, So with, new, with the Islanders being the low offensive team and Columbus playing the way they are this year, I think those are two great games for him to get back on the Oh, 100%. Yeah, that would I, be great. I kind of want to see Allmark go back to back in a way. Like we got Florida two days off than Winnipeg. I really want to see Allmark versus Hellebuck in a Vesna yeah, battle. Two of the best yeah. goaltenders in the awesome. league right now. Two first place teams. Yeah, you want to see oh, the best of the best right there. Two big boys too. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, that that would be fucking 
that would be nice to see. Well, but I guess yeah, and then we'll you could you know turn see. around on a back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Now I guess the big question is is with how they're playing, who gets who gets the uh who gets the winter classic game? That'll be uh, I'd, I'd imagine I think it would with be the, Mark. I know we're thinking yeah. way too far ahead, but yeah, I think you gotta go, Ali. But I don't know though. They yeah. play Buffalo on Saturday two days before, so they love playing all mark against Buffalo. Yeah, that's true. But we'll know. see. We'll see what the goaltending situation looks like. I know that yeah, we're talking you know, almost a month ahead here. Yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Boys, but... it, the boys are clicking, eh? Yeah, dude. I, everything's going right. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. I mean, shit. Everyone's snapping around. You and me, fucking the Bruins. Holy shit. The whole B and G team. I mean, everyone's oh, yeah. fucking snapping around. It's like you can't. There's no. There's no bad passes right now, and you love that. I guess really the only bad pass is, and I don't even want to get into it because he's not worth the time of day really right now. Is Craig Smith, poor bastard. He just. Oh yeah. He looks like he's, he's just struggling. Yeah, it's he's clearly on the back nine, and I don't know if it's injury, I, if it's an injury or what, but I don't. He just doesn't look right. Yeah, I want to. See, like, not want to, obviously, because I love Craig Smith. He's been a good journeyman for us, uh, not over the years, but, like, coming in, he's yeah. been a real good lunchbox guy for us. And I, I, if he does get traded to somebody, like a, a lateral trade to a contender who's got injury riddled that needs a guy, I'd be so happy for him because, you know, he's not a fourth-line player. Yeah, no, no, he's not. And you can't just plug him into the lineup to play fourth line. And unfortunately, that's what he's been doing. And he just doesn't thrive off that. He's a high energy guy, high motor guy. But I just don't think it's the right role for him. I think he just I think he's at the point where he's kind of the odd man out and he just needs to um, he he needs a fresh start. Yeah, I think he'll like, benefit everyone. He doesn't like he's not a play draft. Driver like Felino is. That's why Felino can strive on those, you know, on that fourth line. The thing is, he he, he is. used to be like that though. He used to be like that, but now he's just like he's gripping the stick a little too tight. He's trying a little too hard. I don't know. It's and plus Monty's system isn't as much as a shooting uh, at volume system. Yeah, where like, uh, where Cassidy, Cassidy wanted fucking well. shots from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe next time we talk, it could be a totally different story. But I don't think I don't think he's in tonight. I'm not sure. Yeah, but he I was out with the boys him. last night watching some UFC. I mean, fuck, is that guy a man rocket? He looked good too. Holy yeah. shit! Uh, the thing is, he looks, fucking healthy. he looks healthy. Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, I don't, did you I don't see even the guns swing on that, that guy? guy. Yeah, dude, I don't even swing that guy. Got swing that way. The guy's coming <laughs> yeah. fucking rock hard. The guy's <laughs> fucking beautiful. Between him and Bergeron on yeah. the team, it, those two alone easily make us one of the fucking hottest teams in the NHL. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about oh, that. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. When him, Coyle, like when him, Coyle, and Hall were playing a bit together last year, I was like, that's got to be the hottest line in Hall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, easily. One, like, 100%. But yeah. now, now what you're seeing with that third line before we wrap this up, what you're seeing with this third line with Hall and Zaka basically swapping is you're seeing glimpses of when we made that trade for Johansson. And I know it was a little bit different, but you're seeing what this third line's capable of because another thing too, what was the biggest piece to um to the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup? Oh, it was the third line. It was one of third, the best lines third, in hockey. Third, for third a line. Years. 
Third yeah. line is what makes or breaks a fucking hockey team for the most part. It's what's going to make you a contender, what's not. This third line is clicking. Um and it's with Taylor Hall playing on the third line and I'm and I'm putting this in air quotes too saying third line on Coyle's line. You're really seeing the huge the big difference and it's giving you and yeah between these two third lines, yeah, they played a little bit different, but it's giving you glimpses of what Tampa Bay had on that third line. It's fucking scary because you have to worry about the first and second line, but now you also have to worry about this third line because you got Hall's speed, you have Coyle's possession, and you have Frederick, who's really turning around, who all of a sudden has a fucking one-timer, as we're all surprised. Monty's even surprised by that. And the guy's just, he's learning. He's learning the game. He's embracing the game. And he knows that he's hes not just a passenger on that line. He's hes hes he, he's not, he gets caught sometimes he gets caught watching them play versus yeah. versus being part of the play and he's part of the play this season and that's the biggest takeaway yeah yeah he's that's the thing he's no longer a passenger he's just the third best player on that line and there's nothing wrong with that no like no not at Zach all earlier I, he's, I, he's I, the third best player on that other line right? i think like even the, the short shift third best player on the other line yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's where I stole that from. Shout out to the short I, shift boys. Was that's that's what I was trying to think week. of too. I was like, it, that's that's exact when I was like, fuck, okay, that sounds familiar. But yeah, yeah no, they, the um, fellas. Yeah, shout out to the fellas, the big one hundo the other or last week. Um, great episode oh, yeah. this week. Um, they have a great trio going on over there. But yeah, man, it's it, it, you're exactly right though. I mean, they're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's you know. He's just the third best player on that line. And that's a scary thought because, you know, people want to bust his fucking balls because of where he was drafted. It's not his fucking fault where he was drafted. But the biggest thing is he's he's taking the bull by the horns and fucking going with it. He's got two great players on his line on his line and he's, you know, making the best of it. So as a Bruins fan, you can't really complain. So great, great time to be a Bruins fan. Not much has changed since we last spoke besides two losses, basically. Um, Or no, maybe three. I'd have to, have they lost three times? No. Might have been. Fuck. I got to. They had the shootout loss to Vegas. And then then, the Arizona loss. Nope, that's it. Shit, you're right. That's it, yeah. Florida loss. Yep. Fucking yeah. great so time to be alive. Lost, that should have been a win. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they worked their asses off to get a point out of that. And unfortunately, I don't hate the shootout. I don't hate the shootout, but it does suck because the Bruins aren't really that good at the shootout. Um, all Mark has a, actually is really good at shootouts, which is nice to have because but the problem is we can't necessarily score. So. But it is what it is the you know, we got our point, so let it be. And, you know, the great thing is there's no shootouts in the playoffs. So, you know, ha- enjoy, enjoy your win, Vegas. We're going to fucking smoke you tonight. And it's just another day, another dollar for the boys over there. Hell yeah, let's do it. I, I'm excited to watch this game. Fucking so. right. Well, buddy, let's wrap this up so I can edit it and get it out in time for the game. Um. Buddy, I appreciate you coming on. I'm happy to hear that you had a great birthday weekend. You're recovering fully from the COVID. I uh, love to hear that. I really appreciate you hopping on again. Like I said, this is fucking 
this is easy as just fucking snapping the puck around on the ice, man. It, it's just like second nature to us at this point, man. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on. It's always fun talking to you. But with that being said, man, and uh, any last goodbyes for the folks out there? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, I think we're going to try and make this more of a reoccurrence, uh, which uh, I'm happy to oblige by because I've been dipping my toes back into it other than that sickness and little birthday shenanigans. And against, I should be ready to rock now as many times as you need me. So, uh, like I said, uh, been so a great pod again. Uh, have, it's a pleasure hopping on with you and uh, go bees, man. Love to hear it, buddy. And absolutely, I'll I will be hitting you up left and right to fucking get you on again as many times as possible this season because it's always a great talk. And the Bruins, ironically, are winning every time you're on with me. So let's keep it fucking going. Let's focus on Vegas and oh, real quick before we before we log off, what what are your thoughts about the whole Chara Bieksa thing? Oh, what like whatever, like it, yeah. I, I just feel like Chara was just trying to like stir the pot a bit, and then like I I think there's uh, some hatred there still between those two yeah, teams. Yeah, and I I think it was more or less like he was saying like it was a motivator for us. And he just like misspoke on his words a little bit, and then the way that Hockey Canada like went at the like the, yeah the it just it it to be honest I thought Hockey uh, Hockey Night Canada could could have had a lot more fun with that they made it weird and stale and they BX made it are, weird because they had BX yeah. in their fucking air the whole time saying oh let me talk I'm you know like let me and say then this, the other hosts that. are like jumping in like yeah yeah we've been waiting for this like what the yeah f- like who get this is what. You the worst you have to talk about the Bruins this year. You got to go back ten or like eleven years now. 11 like you're years. still salty about it. it. It is what it is. Char, I think he it was a little bit of a misspeaking also with the not language barrier, but like you know what I mean. Like you hear Pasta do it too. Sometimes they just input the wrong words. Yeah, in the wrong places, and it, it is what it is. And uh, it doesn't matter. We still won the cup. Like, and I've heard like my dad was working in vancouver at the time they thought they had that they mailed it in those newspapers like yeah we we're winning the cup, dude i blah, thought blah, they blah. had it it wasn't <laughs> yeah and it wasn't just like wh- whether or not somebody just told them not to spark a fire under their ass it doesn't matter your your whole city still thought you had the cup in the back of your hands so it, it, yeah i don't know so it's just fucking, a weird situation it is weird it's weird how fucking butthurt he got about it when yeah you should be it's more disrespectful like, yeah, whatever. it's disrespectful for how your fans retaliated to uh, or yeah. respond responded to you guys losing game seven on home ice. Exactly. It's, it's disrespectful how Luongo was disrespecting uh, Tim Thomas and then Tim Thomas shuts him out, shuts his mouth and uh, makes him eat his words, you know, yeah. and didn't Burroughs like bite. Bur- Burroughs, yeah, Burroughs talking fucking... about integrity of the locker room. Like, what? What do you? T- they like that that cheap hit like... on Horton and stuff like that. And yeah, like come you on, know. man. You're yeah, just, he's salty. That's all. Yeah, no, like, he's man. he's I salty. I like the too, though. No, like, I I like him as a uh as as a personality in hockey. I think he's good for the game. All that stuff. I just I thought it was weird. I think yeah. they went about it the wrong way. They could I, have made it. 
more into a fun piece or something. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not like Char was like calling anyone out. He was just like trying to remember back. I mean, no. he's played so much hockey in between then and now. So it's like there's a lot to remember. And obviously those are times that you don't necessarily forget. But there's a lot of little pieces here and there that it's just like, you know, it. I don't know. It, it was just weird to see how upset he got by it when, you know, it's like, could he have misspoken? Yeah, sure, whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. See, this is what I'm curious about. The game tonight is on Sportsnet in Canada. I, I know it, it probably isn't for you guys, but it's on Sportsnet in Canada, which I find is so odd because it's just Boston Bruins and Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. But if, if they bring it up again, I'm going to be like, bro, like what the f- – just let it go. Oh, you'll you'll have to let me know if they bring. I'm sure yeah. I'll see it somewhere on Twitter, anyways. But yeah, let it go, man. It's, it's <laughs> he said what he said. He was just doing guy. a fucking podcast, man. And maybe he was nervous, and maybe he misspoke. I don't know. There could be a lot of little variables in there, but you know, let it like just you're being so salty. It's just making the whole matter of the fact worse, dude. And you're yeah. you're coming out of the end just looking like a kind of like a jackass when you're trying to defend like guys like Burroughs who bit one of the best players to ever play the game one of the nicest players to ever play the game and i don't know there's bigger fish to fry there but yeah it is what it is i just want your two cents on that before because i totally forgot to bring it up earlier but yeah i thought it was weird though i thought it was weird but anyways folks that will wrap up episode whatever number this is uh i appreciate you guys tuning in brett i appreciate you hopping on again my man it's always fun uh talking bruins with you and it's just it's it's second nature to us like i said but um with that being said i'm gonna wrap this episode up so i can get it out in time get my shit done before the bruins play tonight against vegas it'll definitely be a fun game to watch but folks ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i appreciate you guys tuning in to another great episode of only bruins make sure you follow me on twitter to stay up to date with the show at only bruins one and make sure you follow Brett on uh, on Twitter at the Beehive Pod, the letter B Hive Pod. So make sure you give him a follow because uh, he he's a great follow along with, when it comes to watching Bruins games and stuff. He's a great interaction. So make sure you go do that. You don't want to miss out anymore because um, you know Twitter might be accessible at times, but it's fun with us. But I'm, a, I'm so, 160 away from a thousand. So ooh, let's go, guys. I just reached a thousand since last epi. Speaking yeah. of, shout so out I'm to trying. all those. So let's let's get let's get you to um. Ooh, fuck. Maybe we got to figure something. You out. got me a couple. You got me some follows last. Hey, week, let's after go. Last pod, so let's, let's go. go. We're we'll, buzzing. We'll plug guys. away. Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's. What do you said? Uh, you said 126. 160. On 160. The all right. Let's see. If I'll I'll quote tweet this tomorrow too when I tweet out the pod. If by the end of the new year, by the end of the new year, if we get you to the one thousand mark, the one k mark, uh, I will send a random follower of yours. A let's see, what do we want to send them? A Bruins shirt, sweatshirt. It's sweater weather season. We'll, we'll, we'll do, oh, you know what? We'll do a nice Bruins beanie, the Winter Classic or the oh, Reverse yeah. Retro beanie. We'll do that. So, folks, if you're still listening and my boy Brett gets 1,000 followers by the new year, by the Winter Classic game, let's put it, let's say the Winter Classic game, 
you are automatically entered to win a Bruins beanie, Winter Classic, or Reverse Retro. Or no, yeah, Winter Classic or Reverse Retro, your choice uh, by yours truly. So make sure you give him a follow, especially if you want one of those beanies for free. So uh, who knows? Anyone could win because I'll, I'll, you know, I'm sure there's some bots that follow you too because I have some bots too. So those fuckers won't win shit. But so make sure you follow him, not just for that, but because he's a great guy, great follow if you're a Bruins fan. So shame on you if you're not. But get on that and uh, we'll, we'll chat again. I'm sure we'll... I'm sure you'll be on again before the season or before the new year anyway. So looking forward to talking Bruins hockey with you again. I'm sure we'll be interacting on Twitter tonight together. So buddy, enjoy the Bruins game tonight. Enjoy the last few hours of your birthday weekend before back to the grind tomorrow, baby. And uh, just enjoy the game, brother. It was a pleasure talking to you, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, stay cool. Peace. Peace. Yes, sir!